It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Well, hello, and welcome to Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I'm Larissa. And I'm Carrie. You know, Carrie, we have the most incredible special guest today. Would you like to know who it is? Uh, yes, I'm waiting. I, if I had a drum right now, you'd hear a little drum roll. And I'm not we might have, I have no rhythm. <laughs> we, we might have to add it, by the way. Um, this is a monarchy specialist. And I have to add that our monarchy specialist today is 10 years old. Can we please welcome monarchy specialist, Reese Bat? How are Hi. you, Reese? Good. How about you? Good, 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 good. We're so happy to have you here today. Um, I'm it's a, to be here. Thank you. It's it's crazy how we kind of got introduced. I met your father through business connections, and he said, you know, my son knows a lot about the monarchy. And at the beginning, when he said that, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he knows a lot about, you know, uh, Prince Charles and Harry and William. I thought maybe you knew a lot about the current monarchy, but it turns out you know the monarchy, history and everything, right? Yes. How did you first get started? Like, what what was your interest in the monarchy? Well, when I was young, I found a video on YouTube and it was really interesting because I didn't know much about the royal family. It was really funny because I didn't even know Queen Elizabeth had a mother. It was really funny. And then I learned, oh, they had ancestry. And then I got interested. And then I learned more and more and more. Oh, wow. Then I got in the talent show, did the date from 1066 to 2022. And I, and I think I won the talent show for my school. You did? I think so. I got one of the best places. I don't know. From 1066? To 2022, all the kings and queens. How long does it take to go through all the kings and queens from 1066? Like, I had to do really fast in like three minutes. So maybe like three minutes in like 20 seconds. Carrie, do you want to hear that? Uh, yeah, I was just listening. So uh, who who started 1066? Because I actually have a story to relate to you. Who was Who started off the monarchy in 1066? So I only know through 1066, there's lots more history. Yeah. And it started with the Battle of Hastings. So when Edward the Confessor died, someone took the throne. I think it was Harold Godwinson who took the throne from William the Conqueror and William the Conqueror got upset because I think he was supposed to be in line for the throne. And then the Battle of Hastings took place. On this hillside, on Saturday the 14th of October, 1066, a single battle between a few thousand men permanently changed the course of history in England and beyond. It's said that William hung around his neck the very saint's relics on which Harold had sworn his oath. With the papal banner fluttering in the breeze, he must have been confident that God and the saints were backing him. The rumor spread amongst the Normans that William had been killed. The men on the left flank panicked and began to rush down the hill. The English above broke ranks and followed them. But William had not been killed. He pushed back his helmet to reveal his face and called out, I live, 
and with God's help we'll conquer yet. The Normans immediately rallied, turned on the English who were pursuing them and cut them down. And then Harold Godwinson got shot with an arrow in the eye and then he died and then William the Conqueror became king in December 25th, 1066, I think. Wow. I am so impressed. And let me tell you, he's very accurate. Remember when I went to France and I saw the Bayou Tapestry? Uh -huh. That was commemorating. Yeah, he knows right he knows right away. I went and saw the Bayou Tapestry that they had made to commemorate that battle and what had happened. And even down to the eye, they actually show on the tapestry. And he's totally, he's right on. I'm 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 trying not to cry right now. What did I tell you? After my own little heart. Like I'm so impressed right now. So who was next after that? I'm sorry, I'm totally getting off questions, but we're we're glued to this now. So next was William the second. And he he wasn't the most popular king because back in the day, lots of people were not the richest. And then he was like eating cake, like whatever. He and then in eleven hundred they went hunting in a forest. And then what one day like went alone. They and then they found William the Second got shot with an arrow, and then he died in eleven hundred. Do they know who shot him? No. Okay, Carrie, I want you I to start I with your idea. Who's your favorite royal and why? Okay, so I think it's King Henry V because I, so I went on YouTube and saw Henry V, like there was a story about him. And then I learned that in, there was a battle between the English and the French and mm -hmm. King Henry V had soldiers that were hungry, that were like really young really sick and the French were not hungry, they were well fed, not sick. And then they were rolling dice to see who would kill the king because they thought they were gonna win. But King, I think they had lots of like horsemen and the French and the English had these longbow Welshes and they, the Welshes shot their arrows and then they killed lots of the French and they, King Henry V won the war. In 1420, something bizarre happened. Two bitter enemies, the kings of England and France, went to pray at Notre Dame together. They were consecrating a treaty that ended almost a century of warfare between their two nations. A treaty that's still kind of shocking because it gave France, all of France, to the English king. But what makes this story even more unlikely is that the guy who pulled it off, King Henry V, wasn't even supposed to be the king of England. Here's how it happened. In The King, there's this scene where the French princess is trying to provoke the victorious Henry. She says, All monarchy is illegitimate. It's a pretty good insult, because Henry truly had no legitimate claim to the English throne. When Henry was born on the Welsh border in 1386 or 87, we don't even know the year, maybe because no one was paying much attention to his birth, he was just Henry of Monmouth, no prince. True, he was descended from King Edward III, but only through Edward's lesser-ranked third son. The term you sometimes see about this branch of the family is collateral line. But there's something even more basic that Henry had to overcome in his unlikely ascent to the throne. He had to actually survive long enough, and given how easy it was to die in the 1400s, that's a huge accomplishment. Like any respectable nobleman, Henry grew up on the battlefield. The king knighted him when he was around age 13, and he commanded thousands of men, possibly before even hitting puberty. 
on me! And it wasn't ceremonial. He seems to have fought a lot, which nearly cost him at the Battle of Shrewsbury in 1403. While Henry was leading a charge, he got shot in the face with an arrow. The arrow had lodged itself in the back of his skull. He kept fighting, by the way. Eventually, a surgeon-slash-amateur blacksmith named John Bradmore invented this tool to reach inside Henry's face and grab the arrowhead before blood poisoning could set in, which... ouch. So, with all the obstacles posed by succession, family strife, and brutal living conditions, it's pretty astounding that at the age of 26, Henry was crowned King of England. Do you think that uh, Richard III killed the princess in the tower? So it was very unknown, but I feel like King Richard III poisoned them, so he didn't even get, I think he didn't want to get blood in his hands. Yeah, very true, very true. He was really jealous of how Edward IV died and his son, his son Edward V took the throne, but he didn't even get the crown on his head because he got murdered. It was very unknown, though, because... So the people saw the princess playing outside, and then they were gone. Yeah. And they didn't see. And then yeah. really? they didn't really yeah. know what happened. And well, why don't you tell the rest of the story? You start tell over the with the story. story. Yeah. I went and saw. I went to the Tower of London in last March, and we saw the spot where they were playing. Oh, they were. They were sleeping, and I think that's when they got act and did what they had. What so they, like maybe they were playing outside then they went up to the tower to sleep and that's when they were poisoned do you think no so they were playing outside and then like they disappeared nobody knew where they were like suddenly they didn't see them playing outside how old were they at this point like i think like not the younger one was nine and the older one was 13 no okay so i had this completely wrong i thought they were in their teens or 20s oh, no no the uncle was their guardian yeah the, they... yeah because the, the the older brother was too young to rule because when you know when your kids were teenagers you don't really know how to like be really mature as a king so you need guardians to help like maybe uncles aunties i think you would make a you would make a great king because you are so put together at the age of 10 i can't even imagine what you're gonna be like lots of duties yeah (laughs) i'm I'm really impressed i don't think i want to be a king so i i'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit okay what are your thoughts and again you might have to tell larissa a little bit of background because i'm asking i'm kind of skipping around on questions so i know you know what i'm talking about but, but larissa probably needs a little bit more of a background yes Yes, or explanation. You need to to inform me. But no lie, I would talk to I would talk to you offline about history. So if you ever (laughs) want to talk offline, let me know. For hours. What are your thoughts on the Czar's cousin George V when he was King of England during the Russian Revolution? What were your thoughts when he didn't rescue Nicholas, who thought he was going to be rescued? Why? What? What is your thoughts? Could you remember how they were cousins and all that? Yeah. So. Russia was suffering through a hard time because communism, people were rebelling. And King George V thought maybe if he was brought there, communism will come to Britain, communism influence. So that's why he didn't rescue him, you think? Yeah, I think so. By 1917, the popularity of the crown was soaring, but King George's heritage came back to haunt him in the form of his cousin, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. George would have said that one of his closest friends was his first cousin, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. And as 
kids they had met on family holidays in Denmark, they were very similar. They were very shy. They neither of them really wanted to be monarchs. In the Russian February Revolution of 1917, Tsar Nicholas was forced off his palace walls. This invitation sparked a worry. For some extraordinary reason, George decided it would be a really, really bad idea if they were given asylum. And he felt that their presence in this country would provoke a possible revolution. The government didn't think that. They were quite happy to send a warship and collect them. The offer of asylum was withdrawn and King George seemed to be at the heart of the controversial decision. George agreed that Nicholas and Alexandra could not come to the United Kingdom and it was up to Stamfordham to tell the government that the king was not happy for it to happen. Because it would threaten the monarchy. What is your, do you have any personal thoughts or ideas on that? Do you agree with it or no? Well, I, maybe communism, communism might influence Britons and it wouldn't be good for Britain to become communist. See, maybe he should be king. <laughs> he can make those hard decisions. He's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> but they killed the whole family. They killed their Yeah, own. they killed even the children. I don't think they How realized many? that they were going to do it. Do you? I think there was like 15 or 12 people. Oh my gosh. But those bodies were found recently right and within how many years has it been since all the bodies were found since no they, like in they, the 1910s i think that's one so maybe like 110 years ago okay they found all the bodies right so i think they died 110 years ago okay wow okay. it was 1970 when they found the bodies oh it was 1970 yeah. okay yeah when they finally found um anastasia and i think they found the little boy but they're sure those are that was Anastasia. They did DNA yeah. testing, right? Yeah, but we all still want to believe that she lived. Don't <laughs> don't ruin my fairy tale, all right? Okay. I don't really study about Russia a lot. No, no, I was more interested in what you were thinking about England's role. So I heard that you really liked uh, Anne Boleyn and Mary too, or just or just Anne. Mary Anne Boleyn or Mary the First, Bloody Mary. Oh, oh, Mary tell Jackson. tell Larissa about Bloody Mary. I need to know this. Please. Oh, so, so about Lady Jane Grey. So when Henry VIII said that you'll become after Ed King Edward VI, we like dies, she will become queen. But it was a low chance because you know Mary the first was way more older than her little brother. Okay. Because and there is a surprising fact. So there was really like complicated because Henry VIII married someone that was even younger than his daughter. He did? Yeah, Catherine Howard married Anne Boleyn's cousin. Catherine Howard? I feel that bad. I feel really bad for her. Yeah, but she cheated on him, but I think she didn't deserve that too violent. Do you want to tell Larissa what happened to Catherine Howard? She got beheaded. Oh, boy. And, and with not a very sharp axe, right? Yeah, but luckily it took one blow, so she didn't have a slow death. So that's good. Yeah. Just because, yeah. just because they didn't want her to be queen? Well, Catherine Howard cheated on him. Yeah, but the thing is, is what happened is she had been originally under the... I, I, he's right, but the guard... I'm just adding it on. The guardianship of her was originally, I think, under her grandmother or an aunt or whatnot. 
and it was a very loose household and she was probably taken advantage of at a young age and then she marries a man whose daughter's older than she is so she was kind of innocent kind of like innocent like not very like calculating she wasn't you know married her first didn't like her I think yeah I I agree with that because I feel like she was a little immature because remember she wasn't used to the luxury because you know she was she was actually a teenager she wasn't an adult so she was 16 when she got beheaded so that means very small details that he remembers. I'm very impressed with you. So am I. You, you're blowing me away for the second time. I don't mean to keep. I don't mean to keep saying that. Sorry, we're in awe because I've never met someone so well spoken at such a more. young age who knows all these details. Like, okay. uh, do you think that Elizabeth the first? Do you think Robert Dudley? He killed his wife I, so he could try to marry her. It is late on the afternoon of the 8th of September, 1560, at Cumnor Place in Oxfordshire, the home of Lord Robert Dudley, the Queen's favourite, and Amy Robsart, his wife of five years standing. The house has been unusually quiet all afternoon because the servants have been given the day off to attend a local fair. When they return, they find Lady Dudley's body at the foot of the staircase, dead and with her neck broken. Dudley's first reaction, fear for his reputation. He was right to fear. A major scandal erupts at court. Queen's favorite murder's wife to clear way to Queen's bed. Elizabeth, fearful for her reputation. She couldn't allow the scandal to besmirch her. Reluctantly, she banishes Dudley from court. The inquest exonerated Dudley by returning a verdict of accidental death. But his enemies were confident that his reputation was beyond repair, and that he would never recover his all too intimate relationship with the Queen. Well, they had, they really loved each other. And plus, the, gover- the government or didn't want him to be Queen yep. Elizabeth's like husband. Yeah. And Elizabeth I said, I bow to no man. That's the thing. She didn't want to bow to any man. She didn't want to have a king to over... Because, you know, the king might be more powerful than the queen. Sometimes. That happens. I know you love the history, but I want to ask you a few questions about the current monarchy. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. He really... Harry really gets... He really tears into Camilla in his book. No, I... And I don't really think they should get invited to the coronation because I don't know if they're going to spread bad love him. about the royal family. You are 100% correct, my friend. I think the I think only so reason they would go to that coronation is to dig up more dirt and, rumor, and more rumors because they were in, inside Buckingham Palace. Obviously, they heard stuff, secrets. Exactly. And I think the royal family is in a very hard position because if they comment on it, they look bad and they're doing the exact right thing by not commenting on anything. But at the How same time, it, they're holding their anger in their body. Yeah, they they are. I think they're dealing with it very well, you know, uh, in the public eye. But I also think that 
if they don't invite Meghan and Harry to the coronation, I think that would be the best. I think it would be great, but I think there might be backlash. I think Harry and Meghan will go, okay, let's write a book about how we didn't get invited to the coronation. And then they get more money. Exactly. It's like terrorism or or being blackmailed. It's all a money point. That's how they have to make their living now. You realize that. They're really attention seekers. You know, that's interesting that you say that, Reese, because I was listening. I'm trying to get through Harry's Audible book just so I can talk about it on air. And it's very much of a struggle for me. But in one part, he says, I just wanted to get away from the spotlight. I didn't want any press around me. I didn't want the spotlight. I wanted to live a life of peace. Yet he's done about 100 appearances in the last week for his book because he's getting paid. Queen Elizabeth's death. It. It was a, they went to London. They live in California now. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't feel like they didn't really want to show like respect maybe. But I think Harry might have a little tear because, you know, it's his grandmother. Yes. I do I, believe that he loved his grandmother. So we went over about how you feel about Meghan and Harry spilling the royal secrets. Um what do you think the current monarchy can do to increase its popularity? Understand people's opinion because you know like if they shout out oh if they do if they send something and say we don't support Meghan and Harry some people might support Meghan and Harry because I think they just got respect of people's opinion even if they have different opinions. So I I think that would lose their popularity if they say a word about that. You know, I think you're, I think in all walks of life, that is very good advice to respect other people's opinions. Just you hold know? it in your body, not like spread it out. Mm-hmm. That'll make it even worse. That's some excellent advice. Uh, do you think Charles should forgive Harry? Well, I feel mm-hmm. like treat others the way you want to be treated because Harry treated King Charles III, really, really bad. Spreading rumors about him, talking bad about him. I think he doesn't really deserve to get forgiven. You know, you are very right. That's his father. And his father, I'm sure, could say a lot about How his son. How could a kid do something to his father? Yeah, he, he now he is, he doesn't even have respect for his chain of command. And one of those yep. comments where he said he killed 25 Taliban. Really? Yeah, yeah, he said when he was um, in the war, uh, he said he killed 25 Taliban, and that is really disrespectful of his branch in the military. Is he proud of that? That's just so wrong. Exactly. Why would you even say that? Killing is a sin. Exactly. And he's putting his, his army at risk. He's putting his people at risk. Iran has already come out and said, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't be talking about this if we we don't want to take any advice from a country that doesn't respect, you know, our dead. So it's it's really interesting how he's kind of put his army in jeopardy. Now they kind of have a mark on their back. He said it like he was proud or, you know, I don't know. Carrie, That's how do you- going to give the royal, the royal family might be in big trouble for that. Yeah, and also I think that it also is not great for the military either because we all value human life. So do you think 
that Princess Diana would have approved of Harry's actions at this moment in time? No. Tell me I why. Feel, I feel like she would be really upset, even with saying that, even with Harry saying that he killed 25 people. I yes. feel like she would be really mad because I heard she's a really sweet woman. Even if a country's against you, that doesn't mean you should be proud of killing people. They're just on arm trying to protect their country. Same as theirs. Like Iran could have said that. Same thing. Exactly. They and they they never have they've never I guess I guess it's it's like he's flaunting it. He's proud of it, which That's I don't bad. know. Yeah, I don't know any military individual who would be proud of killing someone else. 25 people, that's a lot. But I do have to say that some people have come on social media. Some of the soldiers that served with him said he never shot anyone. That's a lie. Oh, he's trying to make, I see what he's trying to do, get attention. So we, who knows the truth? I mean, obviously his commanding officer knows the truth, but his commanding officer will never come back and come out. But that's correct. He shouldn't he come out. He served in the 2000s. Yes. I, I would find it hard pressed to believe that he did actually kill anyone, but to say it is. He fought people a lot. Yes. He, I think that he's maybe told some fibs about a lot of things, right? So do you think Catherine will make a good queen when it's her time? Yeah, I feel like she's a really nice woman and it looks like she's really good with her kids and she has a really, really great relationship. With, oh, William, William, Prince William. Yes. So do you think Prince William and Catherine will make a good pair when they're when they're at the top? Yes. Why do you think do you think it's because of their relationship? Relationship their... because there will be like drama if they had a bad relationship. Because you know the, then Harry and Meghan come in if they're fighting, spread the gossip, then Britain gets into bad hands. Exactly. So now we're going to jump ahead to maybe more your generation. What do you think about George? Prince George. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know much about him. Because, you know, he's not like to talk, really. Yeah, exactly. But do you think the monarchy will still be around when he's old enough to be king? Yes. I think it would. Because I think someday maybe Meghan and Harry might just say, you know what, we are done with spreading the rumors. Because they've been spreading a lot of rumors for a long time. I hope they are. I really honestly hope they are. I hope they change. I hope they do too. But I, I have a sad feeling that this may be the only way they can make money is by capitalizing off of his being the offspring of the royals. Unfortunately, I don't know that there's any other. I think if they would have just gone, it just like uh, Queen for of, 1,000 years, wait, 1,200. Yeah, two people in Montecito, California are not going to end that, right? And just like Margaret, you know, she had to play second fiddle to Queen Elizabeth, but she didn't go write any books or, you know, participate in any films tearing down her sister, right? Oh, Prince Margaret? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah because she was really jealous. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling Harry's jealous, too. Mm-hmm. He wants a title, even though of what he's done. Treat people the way you want to be treated. 
Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. <laughs> never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.